What's up, everybody? This is the newest episode of the 1796 Sports Podcast. This will be our Kentucky recap. Tennessee got the win in Lexington, of course. Never doubted it. And we got a special guest on the pod today. We have Astro Smokey. You've seen his work all over Vol Twitter. Uh, All right, guys, what do you all think? We'll let Astro – what do you think about that game, man? Oh, making me lead off. I don't like that. Um, (laughs) I – I'm just happy we won. Like, it was one of those games where in the third quarter, um, I, with a lot of other people, were starting to have some serious doubts. Um, You like the ugly wins. I hate that it ended the way it did, even though it's, you know, karma big time. Uh, I don't like seeing a good game in the way it did, but probably was I stout at that point anyways. I mean, they were going to have just a few seconds at best. So, uh, but uh, glad we won the game. Joe Wilton didn't look bad. Um, I am sick of the timeline complaining about us running the ball because that is our identity. That is who we are. Um, but that's about all I got to say. I'm just, I'm glad we won the game. It was ugly, but we did it. So. Yeah, absolutely. That Ryan, what, what did you think? What jumped out to you? Yeah, I think it's nice to finally see the Vols find a way to win on the road this year. I mean, scratching and crawling, scratching, clawing, doing whatever they had to do to win this game. I mean, it was frustrating as shit at, at times. I mean, no doubt about it. And, you know, there's still a lot, there's a lot of things I'm sure we'll get into, but it's just nice to see them finally pull out a road win. And we got one more road game left. So hopefully they can, they can get that W2 and they finally learned how to win on the road this year. Yeah, it was like, it, it was kind of like the anti-Florida game, honestly, where we're on the road and it seems like we just keep finding ways t- to mess shit up. And this game, it was like, you know, there was a lot of frustrating things that happened, but we kept finding ways to stay ahead. We kept finding ways to stay ahead. It was like at one point Kentucky was about to kick a field goal and they would have had their first lead of the game and he pushed it a little bit to the right. And it was just like we got a lot of lucky. Now, I don't want to say lucky. I mean, we always beat Kentucky, but a lot of things went our way tonight. And that was nice to see on the road, especially. Yeah, I mean, we did have some, you know, missed calls again, but, you know, like you said, we pulled it out. It it could have been a lot worse. Uh, I think a lot of things still need to be cleaned up, especially, and that's going to have to come in this next week. I mean, gain the confidence, run up the score on UConn. You got to do something to keep these boys motivated because that following week going into Missouri is the biggest game of the year. We can't even think about Georgia until that game's over. So these boys need to heal up, get ready for this next week. Uh, they played well today. Dylan Sampson is a dog and needs to be on the field a lot more. Uh, he definitely, I would say, uh, I won't say single-handedly, but he saved the game at the, the end. end. Yeah, towards the end, he kind of did it single-handedly. That was, he put it on his back a little bit. Um NVF, though, I wanted to say, and I feel like, you know, this is going to be one of your main points later, but Joe Milton had a pretty much perfect game. I mean, uh, given, I wouldn't... given what he was, you know, obviously I would have liked to see a little bit more. Um, but, I mean, he hit a couple deep shots. He only had three incompletions. And, I mean, I, I like we talked about last week, when the running game works, this type of performance, like a game manager performance like tonight, is all you really need. 
No, you're right. Uh, I wouldn't say he had a perfect performance, um, but, and I, and I've said this multiple times before, Joe Milton, (sighs) Joe Milton is just so frustrating to me because, and I, I tweeted it in the game and I'm sorry, I'm like kind of breaking up here, but it's Joe Milton has an arm. We all know that he was accurate tonight. I mean, there was only, I mean, on the run was passing real well, you know, all that. Kentucky was loading the box, daring him to throw. They couldn't stop the run. I get it. But I think, and I I posted a tweet about it. If you're not going to throw the ball down the middle with Joe, and I get the run game is our identity, but you have to be able to throw the ball down the middle. And if you don't trust him to do that, it's games like Missouri are going to be hard to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it, you you're, you had a tweet talking about that. Like, what's the point of playing Milton? Like you just said, what's the point of playing Milton if you don't trust him to throw the ball? It just feels like a lot of times, and I'm, I mean, don't hear what I'm not saying. Like, Joe Milton has missed tons of throws this year. He hasn't looked – he's not been what we've expected at all. But I do think some of that is the way that he's being used. I mean, I think – both of you have pointed it out before. It just has seems so obvious. Heupel does not trust him to throw the ball. I mean, our red zone offense is painful to watch. It's bad, man. It's real bad. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would go ahead, Ryan. Sorry. Um, I think the biggest mistrust you saw from the coaching staff of Milton tonight was you right before halftime with seven seconds left. Don't even try to throw it to the end zone. Like I. You know, it's fine to secure three there, but I that was telltale sign that they do not trust him at all. Go ahead, Astro. Okay, sorry. Had to come off mute there. Um, I would say that, and this is probably a very different take from what you guys have, uh, I would say Joe, based on his game film tonight, probably improved his draft stock for the coming spring. Um he made some throws that were huge, and he made some throws on the run, keeping his eyes downfield across his body <laughs> that are that's going to get NFL scouts going. Uh, Devin Leary looked really good tonight, too, obviously. Um, but I don't think – you know, I don't know for sure, but I don't necessarily believe that they didn't trust him there before half. I think that they realized how close this game was going to be, knew it was going to be back and forth because every game has been close for us this year, back and forth. And I think – Hypo more than anything has just learned his lesson about taking the points and not screwing up the points. Um, because there's a sequence against, against Florida right before half where we were trying to go down and score. Joe Milton threw one of the dumbest passes I've seen from a Tennessee player since probably JG, uh, where he <laughs> nuked the ball into the uh, stratosphere and then mm-hmm. somebody intercepted it. And it really, more than anything that had happened at that point, swung the game against us. So I think he just has the mindset of, take the points and and keep it moving so yeah which is understandable I mean especially in a game like this when you know it's probably going to be tight so made sense um and I I actually don't completely disagree with you Astro about Joe Milton's draft stock I mean I think that in the right system I mean I could see it well every damn JG got on an NFL team for a little while so I'm pretty sure well Rick 
if you look at like comparable guys, and it's really going to depend on who needs what come spring more than anything. Uh, but Anthony Richardson and Joe Milton, like they're two very different guys, but they're also incredibly similar in the fact about their arm strength and a little bit of mobility for Milton more so for Richardson. Um, and he's going to end up, you know, he gets picked up by the Colts pretty early. So I don't think that Milton's going to end up a first round draft pick. It's like I said, it will depend on who needs what come spring, but the tape that he put out tonight is going to help a lot. Cause again, these, these um, managers have massive egos and they think they can fix any problems. So, Oh, he's definitely got all the physical. I mean, he's built like the prototypical quarterback. Like, I mean, he's got the build that you want, which is why we've all been frustrated that he just hasn't decided to run until last week. So, you know, that's kind of – which, by the way, I love the fact that he's running now. I don't know what, like, finally clicked for him that he realizes, like, hey, I'm actually kind of badass when I run. But, I mean, because he's like – he's kind of like Derrick Henry – like people don't yeah. really want to tackle him and he doesn't, I mean, he did do a really stupid slide where he, he could have had easily the first down and he slid like right at the first down line, but he's not afraid of contact, which I like that. I mean, I think it just adds an entirely new element to our offense when he's not afraid to do that. Yeah. yeah exactly. Sorry, man. Um, we ice the game with a Joe Milton run. Yes. That's mm-hmm. incredible. I, I, that was the most hyped I've been about Joe Milton this whole season. Yeah. The, I mean, that was very like two weeks ago. He wouldn't have done that. I don't think they, that they would have called it two weeks ago either. Yeah. Like that, that, that was the biggest positive from Joe Milton tonight was him finding the fire in the belly to get that first down. Well, and he's really like, in my opinion, and I NVF has kind of been on this wagon for a while he's easy to root for. Like he really is. Like you can tell he cares. Like it's never been a um, question. Like, you know, is he lazy or does he just, he's loyal. He wants to win. Dude. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Bama fans were making fun of him last week. Cause he was like shooting arrows at them before the game. That shit's hilarious. Like you want your quarterback, <laughs> you want your quarterback to do shit like that. Like he cares. Like it obviously bothers him when he's playing like shit. And he has had a fire. He hasn't gotten down. I saw him. He was laughing and stuff on the sideline, like getting his guys pumped up tonight. Like a lot of times it would be very easy for him. I feel like to be very negative right now. Um, but he, he, he hasn't like he's, I'm sure he's heard the chatter all season and he's just kept playing and that's really respectable. Well, it's the same thing. And me and Asher were talking before we even started this, Kamal Haddon did the same thing. I mean, all the hate he was getting, people, I mean, we we as a fan base booed the guy during the starting lineups one game, and the kid came out and he's been bawling out. Of course, he had an unfortunate season-ending injury, but Astro said it perfectly before this. I mean, he showed out, he left a great taste in our mouth about him, and no one could say anything about him anymore. I mean, Astro, another good point. If this if he got hurt at the Florida game, oh my God, this kid would never return to Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of players who have you know caught some shit and stuck around and performed, uh, shout out Dante Thornton. I mean, he's alive. He's got a pulse. 
Yes, I know. I was shocked. And a couple big plays, man. I mean, his first catch was, what, a 20-yard, you know, nice little screen pass, but he caught it, and he, you know, he got he got a couple yards with it. I mean, I was shocked when – I was shocked he was in the game, to be honest. Dude, I know. He was our leading receiver. It's three catches, 63 yards. I mean, you know, it's something. It's a Hopefully it's a launching pad for the rest of the season for him because we need him. Looks oh, yeah. real good in the open field, too. Um, he was making people miss. It was very impressive. And holding on to the ball. That was, like, my biggest concern with him was when he caught it, it felt like he was being lazy holding that ball. But once he cut to the sideline, he switched hands and made sure that ball did not come out. Oh. Did, did, did all of you realize that none of the – we didn't have one drop tonight. It's like everybody yeah. brought their gloves up to Lexington. Like that, I think that that might be the first game all year we haven't had one drop. So that's 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 definitely a, a good sign, good going forward. Well, and notice, you know, nobody dropped the ball, and it was Milton's best game. So we've yeah. kind of we've we've kind of gone back and forth on whose fault is it? Is it does Milton suck or do our receivers suck? And you know, obviously the answer is somewhere in the middle. Like, you know, Joe Milton's bad numbers were not all his fault. The receivers we're dropping passes all season. I mean, Dante Thornton was a ghost before tonight, but it seems like it's kind of gelling at the perfect time. Um, I mean, you know, it would have been nice to beat Florida, obviously, but it'd been nice to have some more plays against Alabama. But at this point, I mean, you can't really be mad. I mean, you're sitting at six and two. I mean, you're about to be seven and two. You should blow out UConn and you have the, you know, momentum going into home games. Uh, like I said before, you know, Missouri is the game of the year. They need to focus up, beat UConn. The minute the UConn game hits zero, it's time to lock in. Well, and a quick point I want to make here. Um, I was looking at the schedule. Missouri has to deal with Georgia next week. Um, that's going to be their, um, for the lack of a better term, South Carolina fans. <clears throat> that's going to be their Super Bowl. And – that's going to be a huge game, a lot of emotion. We effectively get a bye before then, so we're really going to have two weeks to prepare for Missouri, um, you know, within reason. Uh, so I think that's a big advantage for us going to an away game against them. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that's a good point. What did you guys think, though? I, I thought it was a little um, surprising that Georgia so easily – handled Florida today. I mean, without their best player, I, uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not either because Florida is really bad. And I'm really sorry to say that, um, we lost to another really bad Florida team. Uh, I had a Kentucky, Kentucky fan in my DMS earlier crying about the game. And I was like, Hey man, this, you feel bad. Like this is like the fourth or fifth time in recent memory that you guys beat Florida, Florida beat us. And we, we handled you easily. So, um, it's just it's a fact of life for some reason. Hey, I mean, just want to. Oh, I was just say, just just gonna throw this in there. North Carolina just lost to Georgia Tech. I was just about to say that. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Georgia, <clears throat> Georgia Tech knows how to pull off an upset, son. But anyway, yeah. Back to back to the Kentucky game, dude. They. That was a hey. They showed up the whole game. Yes, I think we have to clean up some stuff with the secondary. I don't think 
And I think, Astro, didn't you post this about how it's not about Kamal at this point? This is like the the secondary was abysmal this whole game. Well, we're missing Kamal really bad. I said that. I didn't. I don't think I tweeted about it, but we definitely miss him. But we ran – it looked like we ran a lot of zone tonight. I, I couldn't see all the plays. But – and, you know, when they were picking us apart, we were sitting in zone, which I don't know. It, I would think that we would try to make a change, but especially the way he was throwing the ball. I mean, Leary looked really good tonight too. I don't think you guys – I don't think the fan base realizes, like, I know he had good stats, and I'm sure that's an obvious thing, but some of the throws this kid was making were fantastic. He was better than Will Levis um, has ever been against Tennessee with some of the passes he was making. Um, oh, so, yeah. Clean in the pocket. He was finding everyone that was open. I mean. Yeah. And you've got to give Cohen credit. Their offensive coordinator is a magician. Um, the, the dude comes back, and instantly they're more effective against us um on offense last year they got you know embarrassed i would like to talk about the catch on the sideline or the lack thereof catch on the sideline yeah what did you guys think about that um i think they they talked about it on you know on the broadcast i think they were exactly right i i don't think it was a catch but with the way the rules are they didn't have enough to turn it around um, now, also, before the catch even happened, I want to talk about that. I mean, we, you know, the ball was out, we're running a play, and you just blow the whistle after the fact. That is not how it works. That That is, once the play is going, you cannot review it. I don't care if it's a booth review or not. Well, especially that late in the play. Like, I've seen pretty late whistles where the ball's been snapped and everything, but like, I mean, we hit the line of scrimmage with our running back with the ball before the whistle got. We played. got five yards. We yeah. got five yards, and then yeah, the, they were the, just the, like, "Nope." The the play was damn near over. Like, I, I that was incredible. Well, it was because yeah. I, I don't know if it was, Stoops was on the sideline bitching to one of the refs. So I'm just, been. yeah, I mean, you know what though? I don't really feel bad about it because how many holding calls were missed tonight? I mean, it not was, at all. Yeah, I don't feel bad at all. That's what I said to them uh, in one of their tweets is like, you know, don't make me pull up the holding calls that have led to touchdowns for you guys because there's a bunch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. And we have good friends that are Kentucky fans, and we're in like a group chat with them. Uh, but – and I won't – I'm not calling them out or anything. It's just, you know, they were complaining about calls not going their way too. But I, I mean, Tennessee had almost 80 yards of penalty yardage given up. I don't even want to hear the fact of them not getting calls. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. I, you hate to be this type of guy, but it seems pretty obvious at this point. Like we don't get any of the 50-50 calls. I mean, other than that catch, which I, <laughs> I think we can all admit it wasn't a, probably wasn't a catch. But and it only led to three points. So right. Our just our penalties are so infuriating, though. I mean, they mentioned it on the broadcast multiple times. Like Tennessee and Kentucky both just kill themselves with penalties every week. Yeah, it's it's a lot of just. I, I don't understand how Elijah Herring claps his damn hands two weeks in a row and gets the leg. It's got to be taken care of. I don't know. I know they probably tried. I mean, they told them beforehand, but that now it's got to be taken care of. I get what he's trying to do to get the attention. I get, you know, there's a loud crowd and stuff. 
but you got to find another way. You got to, yeah. I mean, scream, slap the lineman on the ass. Like, just don't clap it. You know, it's a rule. Like, damn. Because then he, get, he got two penalty calls during the Bama game. <sighs> yeah. Just, just simple stuff like that. And then the, of course, the false starts and the holding that knocks us back in the red zone or kills the drive before it even starts. It's just a lot of stuff that we need to clean up desperately. Yeah. Huh? But I, and we talked about it this past, you know, during the preview pod. Uh, and Ryan, I know you're going to really enjoy this one. I, <laughs> I want to know when we see Nico this, this week coming up. Well, I guess it'll depend on how how we play with our starters. I mean, I don't. But do think... you but do you wait for that though? I feel like it should be like a hey Joe go like score two touchdowns and that's it. Like we're, keep him healthy and fresh for the Missouri game. Yeah, I mean, I talked about it and I wrote about it. The Joe Milton stacking two games on top of each other is a good sign, and I think the coaching staff, you know. For as much as they don't trust him, I think they they feel like he's the best option at this point. But I, I would say Nico probably gets the game first drive of the third quarter. That's my answer. I feel that. I don't think so. I think it'll be a fourth quarter situation again, and we're going to hear a lot of complaining about it on Twitter. That's what I think is going to end up happening. I, yeah. It's just so frustrating to not see him get many meaningful reps this whole season. Well, I, I at this point, I mean, they gotta be thinking red shirt. I, I know he he doesn't need it, and he's a talented guy. He's a five star, the number one quarterback, you know, in the recruiting class that year. But I don't think he's even gonna be here to where a red shirt would even matter. Well, probably not, um, but. You know, it's it's good for him if he can get it um, yeah. on the off chance that something terrible happens. And, you know, heaven forbid, I don't even want to speak that. But, you know, he every year of eligibility you don't have to burn is a good thing. Uh, so, yeah. But, hey, run defense. What a game, man. Uh, just the fact that Ray Davis was non-existent. At the, I mean, yeah, he scored a touchdown, but for the whole game, he was non-existent, and well, that I thought that was a huge fact of that our defense definitely could stop the run. Yeah, I mean, and his one touchdown was one of the blatant holding penalties they didn't call. So you know, but if you told me Ray Davis in this game with what was it like forty something rushing yards, I would say Tennessee won by three touchdowns like uh, it was, it's pretty obvious that that's mainly what the defense was focused on during the week which is maybe why we got carved up by Devin Leary so but yeah it's, it was impressive to see them just completely nullify Ray Davis yeah uh talk about Devin Leary though I mean like Astro said he played a phenomenal game uh, and you know we all know as Vol fans that it always happens the guy plays bad all year and just decides to have a Heisman moment against Tennessee. but And I'm not throwing any hate at him either. He did have – he was frustrating me. Like, he, he was just throwing the ball all over us, and <laughs> we couldn't get to him. So, so, I mean, their offensive line did hold this a little bit, yes, 
but I do have to give them credit. And I mean, Tennessee had one sack all game, so that's a big that's a big day for the O line for you know Kentucky. It's it's not like we weren't trying to get pressure on him either. We 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 were bringing five and six at some times, and he was still able to get the ball off. Oh yeah, uh, I, mean, I think that's. I mean, if anything, I think that's really impressive that we were able to win the game with getting one sack. Like, right. That's so so much of like our success this season has been because we're getting to the quarterback. Like Pierce is just having great games, and Beasley's having a great game, and it's like. Well, we didn't. They didn't even really. I mean, they they obviously always affect the game in one way or another. But one sack all night, like that's wild. You would think that, you know, that would have ended worse for us. So it was cool to see. You know, we're able to come out on top even with our defense not playing the best. Um, I wanted to say though. So Astro, NVF, Ryan. Are y'all most concerned? What are y'all concerned about from this game? Because, you know, you look at the Missouri game in a couple of weeks and they've got probably, we've talked about it before, but probably the best group of receivers in the SEC all around. Uh, and it, it, I'm terrified right now. If our secondary plays like they played tonight, mm-hmm. that's not, not going to go well. Astro, go ahead. I know what you're about to say. Yeah, me and Normal talked about this before uh, you guys hopped in here. And um, like I told him, and this is an obvious thing, everyone knows this, but it really rings true for this team. Um, If we win a lot of scrimmage, we win the game. If we can run the ball on our opponent, um, and I know that's a very basic level thing, but the two teams that have dominated us at the line of scrimmage is Florida, which I thought they would do, and Alabama, which I also was – confident they would do um that's the problem that missouri might run into is you can throw the ball as much as you want to if you can't run the ball as well it's going to be a problem when the game comes down to it uh especially when we can run the ball as well as we do so it's going to depend on their defensive line and our defensive line uh, and then obviously the offensive lines respectively but that's what's going to matter for that game yeah i um it drives me crazy to watch our defense drop in zone. Like, I, I see no point in running the zone defense with the way our secondary stands right now. I mean, we don't have the personnel for zone. I mean, zone is very complex. It's You need good, good personnel. You need personnel that fits it. I don't think we have it. Press man is pretty simple. You uh, glue yourself to the receiver's asshole. <laughs> like, you just stay on them. And can, I, I just want to mention somebody on the defense that I've I, – He's been here for a while now, and I might have to put him on fraud watch. Um, I don't know who this is going to. Uh, when's the last time Aaron Beasley made a play? Uh, I mean, he did make a couple plays this game, but not like the plays that you're talking about. I know he hasn't made the oh sh- like oh shit moment, Aaron Beasley, like the Orange Bowl, yeah. but he he has been well, solid all year. If we're talking about his pass coverage. I don't think anyone's ever accused him of being good in yeah. pass coverage. Yeah. Um, however, his run fits are usually really fantastic. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I didn't see, he didn't, he didn't pop off the screen tonight, uh, but Kentucky has a massive offensive line. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, credit to them. They can run the ball. They just didn't tonight. Um, but yeah, you are right. He, he hasn't popped off the screen in a while. 
Um, hopefully, though, that is a sign that it's about to happen soon, and preferably not next week, but the week after. Yeah, I, I just it's it's been a while since he's made a play like getting a big sack or getting a big hit like we saw earlier in the season. So I, I just hope that he hasn't fallen off a cliff or anything. I, I don't think he has. I'm not really accusing him of that, but. His... I could be wrong, but I think he still comfortably leads the team in tackles. Could be wrong yeah. about that. But, yeah. um, you know, it's one of those things. They may not be blitzing him as much. I don't really look for it, so I don't know. Um, I feel like he's been in pass coverage a lot, which he gets exposed a lot in pass coverage. So that is his definitely his weakness. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was... it's – go ahead. It was very noticeable tonight, which is probably why I even have him in my mind. And then him getting that – it was ticky tack, but that silly personal foul after their missed field goal didn't come back to bite us. But I just want to see more from Aaron Beasley because I expect more from him. I think that's what it comes down to. Like I said, I think he's been solid all year. Yeah, but I agree. I just he hasn't had the oh wow moments, you know, as much. But I mean, I think he's been a great starting linebacker, and I think. And I don't know what Peely's status is, but I think if this defense had Peely too, oh my God, like this, we would have a that, scary defense. Yeah, I, I think that really, really hurt tonight. Uh, Danico Slaughter's not a starting corner. I'm sorry, like he's he's just not. He's, he he does not need to be starting at corner at least. I mean, maybe well, safety, but I, I know there's not many options at this point. But Well, yeah, and Turnage didn't play well either. But, like, I I don't blame them. I, I think it's uh, the coach. I, the oh, fact really? that they none of them turn around. No, none of them. Exactly. Like, that, and that's an issue. I don't understand what he's teaching, but – no corner in the NFL is not turning around to look at the ball. Yes, you have the occasional plays where you might not get to turn around, but, like, it's hardly ever. And when Kamal Haddon did that one time, he had that pick. And it's like, why aren't we doing this all the time? I think uh, at this point, I, th I mean, in my opinion, I think that Kamal Haddon just does his own thing because he's the only corner we have that's a ball hawk, e even somewhat. Um, and he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't even do it that often. But none none of the corners ever turn around. And they made a point in the broadcast, like, if you don't turn your head, or if, you're, if, you, if you don't know where the ball is, they're not going to call anything, you know? Like, it just looks like a lot of the times the fundamental isn't really there. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it's obvious that Willie Martinez is not emphasizing getting your head turned around, which I, I don't know. I'm not a coach, but it seems like that would be, you know, something to think about. Maybe turn your head around and see if you can't get interception. Because a lot of the throws, as good as Larry played and as, you know, as much as the receivers, you know, made Moss star corners, like if they just turn around, they have a better chance of breaking that pass up or even intercepting it. So. I don't know. I mean, it's just frustrating to watch them just stare at the receiver's chest. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, there was, like I said at the beginning here, plenty of stuff we got to clean up. Uh, like Astro said, we're going into pretty much a bye week. We need to keep everybody healthy. We need to clean up the little things during this game, and we can't take them lightly. Uh, you can't. You got to win this game. 
we'll move on to seven and two, hopefully. And like I said, big week after that, but you cannot just skip over UConn. You got to just go beat them, beat them up, get out of there, get out of Neyland with the win. And you got one road game left. And like I said to Astro before this even started, if you, if you beat Missouri, Neyland stadium that following week is going to be a madhouse. Yes. As long as Lane Kiffin does us a favor. (laughs) (laughs) So, which it could happen. It very well could happen. Are you talking about um all all miss is probably their best chance at a loss before us. Well, we don't I mean realistically being that they beat Florida today if they if they lose to us aren't we in? Uh well since they we already have two SEC losses so in order for us to get the tiebreaker over them they would also need to have two SEC losses. Yeah, just, well where's old miss is it home or away? It's in Athens. Oh yeah, Oof. I don't see it. Oh Miss on the road is just not it this year. Yeah, well, you know, what, just just do us a favor for once, Lane Kiffin, please. <laughs> you know, um, NBF, you mentioned you know earlier about when do you think we're going to see Nico? Now, other than all of us just wanting to see Nico, just out of curiosity and just to see what it would look like, I do think it's pretty important to get that second unit in pretty quickly. I mean, for the reason that you just said, everybody needs to be healthy for the stretch run. So, you know, yes, I want to see Nico just anyway, but I think especially in this game against UConn, like if this turns into a slugfest or if this turns into a game where like it turns into a game and it's, you know, Joe and the starters are having to play into the fourth quarter. I mean, that's got to be looked at as an abject failure. I mean, we need everybody rested up. It would be nice if they could get the second half off. Wait, so I'm, I'm, and I don't mean to like change the subject here because I kind of just looked at Georgia's schedule. But if Missouri beats them next year, next week, I am I wrong? Because if they beat, if they lose to Missouri and we beat Missouri, doesn't Missouri have an SEC loss already? I'm pretty sure that's. I think I'm right here. Yeah, Missouri lost to LSU. Right. So I, I, at that point, you'd win the tiebreaker. You just, have, I mean, so yeah, we have two he, chances. Yeah, he he was Ryan was just saying like, if that's Georgia, our best option. Yeah, if Georgia gets to the point where like we beat them, but that's their only loss, and then it still doesn't matter because we still have one more loss than they do. I got you. I got you. I can see them though. I, I don't see them losing both games, obviously, because they're both in Athens. Yeah. But I'm gonna be honest. I I think the better chance of them losing is against Missouri. Yeah, probably just because it's on the road, right? That is on the road. No, I think they're both in Athens, Bryce. Yeah, they are. They they're in Athens two more times, and then they're on the road against us after those two. Yeah. Uh, Which is a good thing for us. They're coming off two really tough physical games. They they might still not have Bowers back either. So they he won't. There's no way he. I, I just don't see him risking his NFL career over a game like yeah, one college already, game. He's already won two natties down there, and it, yeah, you you heal up and you're you're in the draft this year. I don't yeah. risk it. Yeah, and he's even if he did play, he'd be like. I don't know, probably not even 
seventy percent. So well, if everything works out and they they went out and they're twelve and zero, you could. I mean, he's gonna probably win another Natty this year if they do that, and he might not even have to play to get it. So yeah. So what did you did did you agree with uh, the UConn analysis pretty much NVF? I know we'll get into it later, but I just think uh, you, we we need to have our guys get some rest. Before. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I I think you like I said before, what should happen? Our defense is a lot better than it was, you know, week two against Austin P. Okay, you need to go in there. You shut them down the first quarter. Um. You score a couple touchdowns. Hopefully, I mean, the way the offense looked tonight, you could score three touchdowns in the first quarter and wrap it up, get them out of the game, and let these guys just play the rest of the game. Because even if Nico plays against UConn, he could still redshirt. So I think, what is it? I'm pretty sure it's four games and you could redshirt. Yeah, and he's only played in Virginia and... uh, UTSA. UTSA, yeah. So... And I, if you're going to redshirt him, I, and he could still play Vanderbilt at that point because that'll be his fourth game. So I think that's the way to go. I, you got to keep Joe healthy. You got to keep uh, the O-line healthy. And this is the game to do it. This, like, like Astro said, this is a pretty much a bye week. and But I, you can't go into it lightly, but it's pretty much a bye week, and we got to take yeah, advantage we don't want of the player, it. We don't want the players to treat it like that. We don't want the players to think of that. Think well, right. Of well, no, I mean, the players, especially seeing their emotions after this win today, you need to continue that momentum and be ready to go into Missouri and win the game. Now, the one thing we got going for us, and I get it, all credit to Missouri, they're playing really well this year, but – Josh Heupel has owned Drinkowitz this year, and we'll get we'll get into it for our preview, the preview pod. But we'll see. Uh, with the Nico analysis and the UConn analysis, yes, I think you need to put full steam ahead in that first quarter and get your starters some rest and prepare for the next week. Absolutely. Um, I, I want to talk about um. I think the way Josh Heupel has kind of figured out in the last two weeks how to utilize Milton, you know, to the best of his ability is pretty impressive. Um, you still can't score in the red zone because you don't trust him to throw and all that. But, I mean, you're running him now. You're he, He's throwing on the run. He's, you know, I mean, he only had three incompletions tonight. I mean, what Hypo has done, which I, I really think this is completely different than anything that we did last year, the offense that we're seeing right now. And we're still finding a way to win games. So I think that's pretty impressive. I mean, and he, he better do that if he decided to, if he's sticking with them, which he obviously is. So I'll, well, I'll give Hypo some credit for how Joe Milton has played in the last two games. Well, and Bryce, you said it perfectly. I, I think – what created this Joe Milton we're seeing the past two weeks is obviously this the run game. The, the guy's playing really well when he uses his legs because then it takes away – it makes the field a little bit more open when the linebackers have to worry about you running the ball. And 
Ryan said it perfectly too. No one wants to tackle this guy. I mean, he's a he's a beast of a man, and it, well, it helps yeah. out this offense. Yeah, I mean, and I think it helps Joe. I think it helps his confidence. I mean, when you can get these positive plays that, you know, kind of just rely on you and you don't have to hope the receiver gets open and catches the ball. Like, these little runs that he does where he gets positive yards, you know, he gets pumped up when he trucks somebody. Like, it, it's just – and like you said, it's just another thing that the defenses have to game plan for. I mean, there's no downside to it. Yeah. I, I just want to give hypo kudos for that because I, I was getting weary of how he was trying to use Joe Milton, but I think he's figured out something that at least gets us somewhat effective on, on offense. Yeah, I'll be the first one to admit, though, by the way, I was complaining about the play calling, and I understand, the and Astro said it, and I think he was talking about me, but I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> I was complaining about the play calling coming out of the half. I think that was, uh, you needed to score. I mean, we won. I am complaining, though. Yeah. You come out of half with the ball, with the lead, and you run two runs up the middle, get stuffed on both, and then you run a quarterback draw up the middle what like who i don't know if it's halsey i don't know if it's hypo but i'm calling better plays on madden that's all i'm saying i mean it goes back to what we've been saying though is like he just doesn't trust joe to do things sometimes it's weird because sometimes he does like sometimes it seems like okay yeah like we're opening it up a little bit and then other times it's just the most conservative shit you've ever seen like I, I don't get it. It, it. it is a little strange. I I don't know. I I don't think it's Halsey either because I'm pretty sure Hypo calls every play. I don't know. It's it's weird. Yeah, I mean the the shovel passes on third down and the draws and the quick screens on third third and longs. I mean that just shows you he doesn't trust him to throw into tight windows on a third down. But well, he did. I mean, he actually hit the throws tonight. I mean, yeah. that the throw to Nimrod was beautiful. Like, you know, he did what he needed to do tonight. So, I don't know. Maybe going forward, he'll trust him a little bit more. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the one throw he did throw over the middle was that little angle route to Dylan Sampson on that third and ten on the touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. I mean, find plays like that where it's simple. Like, you have to have something going over the middle in order to probably beat Missouri and beat Georgia. So Now, listen, I, I do want to bring it up. I don't know if we talked about it already, but it deserves a second talk if we have. God, Joe Milton on the run today, throwing the ball. Oh, my God. Like, just yeah. just finding the open guy. He, he was either going to run it or he, he finally found the little open guys at the end, just toss him the ball. Oh my God! Our wide receivers caught the ball. They turned around. They made good decisions. They went out of bounds when they had to. I was like, Oh my God! Now, don't get me wrong. I was going crazy this whole game. I think Kentucky should have. They could have won this game easily. And oh man, like Dylan Sampson. Uh, I know you're probably never going to hear this. Hopefully, you do. But you're the goat. I, you are a dog of a, of a man. You bully everybody and, uh, we love you, but okay. Next topic. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Sampson, like you just said, uh, 
I'll be the first to admit I was watching the game with my dad and on that drive when it was 26, 24 and we needed something to happen and they stuck with Samson. I was like, I would rather have Jalen Wright in the game, but then Dylan Samson shut my ass up because that drive was basically all Dylan Samson. So I'll, yeah, I mean that, that final drive was insane and it kind of goes back to my point. I don't want to be too negative. I mean, it's a win, but, Jabari Smalls carries. Just give him to Samson, please. Like now, no hate to Jabari. I think he ran the ball pretty well today. But God, I do not want Samson going anywhere. Uh, like this guy. I'm just saying, if you put Samson on uh, Alabama or Georgia, boy oh boy. Yeah, He's I mean, he was 150 plus yards a game. Any of the three of them would start at. What like a hundred of the hundred and thirty three FBS schools, at yeah. least? Oh yeah, Jabari would start somewhere too. I, mean, I think all three of them could start at every SEC school, every every school in the country, right now. It's a good problem to have, but you know it's still a thing. Guys want to get theirs, and you know that that is something I worry about. I mean, is he gonna? He's not. I, he's not. I think he has seen. You got to think about the next year when we lose some guys. I think Dylan Sampson's going to turn into a, a pleasure to have. And we're getting beasts of running backs coming in. Peyton Lewis is no is no joke. Uh, you still got Khalifa Keith, you know, that is he isn't playing, but you got Cam Selden. I mean, these, these guys are going to be good for a while. And as long as we bring in the quarterbacks – to help out this team, we got the wide receivers coming in. You got Mike Matthews. You got Bray- Braylon Staley. Uh, boy, oh boy, this the next couple of years are going to be a fun time for the Tennessee Vols if we could, you know, keep these recruits in. Yeah, I mean, I think for as much as receivers, whether it be transfers or, or recruits, look at the offense and say, "Wow, I can really put up some numbers in in this system." The running backs have to be thinking the same thing, like. This offense is built to gash the defense in the run game with the wide splits and everything. Like, the running backs can have just as good as numbers as the receivers do. Like, we ran for 250 yards tonight on what was the second-best run defense in the SEC coming into this game. Like, I mean, the only game we weren't able to do what we wanted to do is, well, Bama and Florida. Coincidentally, those are the two games that we lost. But – yes. Whenever our game plan is working, I mean, it's almost unstoppable. Yes. I want to, like, we were, we scored one touchdown out of the five trips we got inside the 20. This game shouldn't even have been close if we execute in the red zone. And Absolutely. I know know that Hypel, that eats Hypel alive inside. And that's probably what he's maddest about besides his defense letting mid-ass Devin Leary put up nearly 400 yards on him. But I just, like, if you score even two touchdowns in the red zone out of those five instead of just one, you, you're you 41 to 20, 27, and you're not sweating much at the end. And if, you know, most teams do better than 60% in the red zone as far as getting touchdowns. So we, we, we need to figure that out quick if we want to have make this season into something special. I just think it's – I think that's a very tough issue to get fixed at this point in the season. I mean, because the reason that teams have a 
a hard time in the red zone is because the field shrinks. There's a lot less, you know, to work with. And I feel like that's especially true for us because we're so reliant on the run game, so reliant on the ground game. So when we get to the red zone, teams just load the box to stop the run. And our passing is not the best. Like, (laughs) I don't know if we're just not – you know, running the right routes to get open. I don't know what's going on, but it seems like teams just zero in on stopping the ground game when we get down there, and we have no answer for that. Yeah, I think Heupel, as far as the play calling in the red zone, he just – he's so scared since Milton threw those – the red zone red zone interception against A&M and the one against South Carolina. I mean, he's just so scared to not come away with points that he just gets hyper-conservative. I mean – but that's, you know, you can't just go down there and run an option, a quarterback power and a halfback draw and expect you to expect to get touchdowns. I mean, just like you said, they're stacking the box. So you just got to get something going in the passing game in the red zone. Like, you have to find something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I tweeted about it. Uh, at, at some point in that game, I was like, do we even want to get to the red zone? Like, yeah, it it's just and it's weird. It's like our offensive line decides and don't get me wrong. They played well when it came to the run, but like they decide not to block for the run. And it's like it becomes non-existent. And if you stop the if you stop Tennessee in the red zone with the run, it's almost guaranteed field goal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um not to change the subject, but this is just hilarious. I'm, I'm seeing all over Twitter. A lot of Kentucky fans are calling for Stoops to be fired. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, I, I mean, this is their Super Bowl, and they never win it. So, <laughs> Yeah, Matt Jones is getting a lot of hate right now because he said that, that he should be fired, talking about Stoops stuff, is nonsense. And a lot of Kentucky fans are – Pretty pissed about that take. They they're wanting blood. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, normal often you said it last in, in the in the preview episode. Like, why do they think every single year something's going to change? It's it's never going to change. It. So here's the thing with them: is right now the way Tennessee is recruiting is if you wait two to three more years, Kentucky might not ever beat us again. I mean, we're going to get it's going to get to the point where we're going to be the Georgia to the Kentucky because the recruiting is going to be a lot better and we're going to be getting in those five stars, those highly rated four stars, and they're not going to be able to beat us. And that's what we're trying to do to catch up to a Georgia or an Alabama. You know, it, it takes it takes years to do. And and that's what I think is funny is with, with all these people on you know Twitter calling about, oh, this is a failure of a season. Everyone had us going 9-3. and three. Everyone had us losing to uh, Florida. Everyone had us losing to Bama. And everyone had us losing to Georgia. I just don't, you know, and I know I'm changing the subject, but, like, this team is playing really well. They have a great opportunity to go in, and this season can be something – I mean, we got to hope that Missouri or Ole Miss beats Georgia, which is, you know, highly unlikely. But even if, let's say we go in, we beat 
UConn, we beat Missouri, and we get to that Georgia game, I don't care what the outcome is going to be. If you go in and you beat Georgia at home, even if you don't get to the SEC championship game, this season is a complete dub. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's you don't crazy. need to win. You don't need to win the SEC championship. Yeah, would it be nice? Absolutely, but you don't need to. You at that point, you're going. Let's say what? What are we? We're six and two. You'd be. You would have finished the season ten and two, and wow, I, the the season could be a lot of things right now. It could be a lot worse, and it could be better. But I mean, we are what we are. But a lot of football left to be played, gentlemen. And well, Georgia is not unbeatable. No, they're not. And it just kind of goes back to what I said last week about how the thing I love about Hypel is he beats the teams he's supposed to beat. Now, granted, Florida, you know, you can probably kind of consider that a team that we should be, especially because they suck ass. But still, it's always a tough game playing in the swamp. It's a tough environment. Everybody acknowledges it's a tough environment. But guess what? Kentucky's one of those teams we should always beat, and he did it again. And I can go ahead and guarantee you we're going to destroy Vanderbilt. So all in all, in a year that I think most rational people expected a slight downgrade from last year, and what really, I mean, can you complain about at this point? I mean, yes, the Florida loss looks worse and worse every week. Okay, I get that. But what team doesn't have a bad loss? I mean, yeah, that's, it, that's my take on it. To me, if you go 10-2 and two and you beat Georgia, it would be real hard not to look back in that Florida game and kick yourself. But, I mean, oh, yeah. it, it's like I said earlier, I struggle to believe that Josh Heupel is running the same offense he did last year. He, he I think he's completely changed – everything about how he runs the offense centered around him doing what's best for Joe Milton. And I think Heupel really wants Joe Milton to succeed. And that's part of the reason he hasn't benched him. Um, I think he, he respects Milton for staying. And I think he's finally found something that works. Like, like, like I explained earlier, and it's just the red zone at this point. I feel really good about the offense between the twenties, but you just got to figure out the red zone. But talking about the bigger picture about the season, yeah, 10 and 2 would be incredible. But I, I it would just kind of be like last year where you blew it against South Carolina. Right. But hey, uh, you got to you gotta keep this momentum going because the, yeah. trust me, yeah. these recruits see it. They, they yeah. see it. They see the crowd. They see the fans. They hear the fans. They, they see us on Twitter. I mean, yeah, Vol fans are all around, need to just you know, stay positive. It's a long process. You know, if we had the offense from last year, yes, we would be natty contenders, but we don't. And, you know, we'll see moving forward. But uh, I know we're getting on the hour point. I do want to talk about one last thing at least. Let's. Uh, I really want to talk about this fake injury shit. <laughs> it's really starting to get on my nerves. And I posted a video on Twitter. If anyone wants to go see it, Go look at it. But caught red-handed. I mean, the broadcasters even said for a Grammy, like, that should be an automatic penalty. Uh, sit out the quarter, sit out the drive, whatever you want to make it, but it needs to be fixed. And don't get me wrong. I know Tennessee does it. This 
as a whole in college football, it needs to be taken out. Just the fact that it cost them the game at the end, it was karma for them, but still it needs to be taken care of. I, I mean, I, I thought of a solution to this. Um, there, Let me know if you think there might be a problem with what I'm about to say. But if you are injured or you do this like fake injury bullshit, it doesn't matter if they think it's fake or not. If you go down to injury, you have to sit out the rest of the drive. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't – I think if you did that, like, I mean – Obviously, that could have some negative repercussions as well, but it definitely wouldn't. It definitely, you definitely wouldn't have any fake injuries. No, the only thing that would arise out of that is people toughing out something they probably shouldn't tough out. But I mean, I don't blame teams for still doing it because there's no damn rule to prevent it. And I'm sure it was kind of hilarious. I saw Will Warren tweet about it, who writes about basketball for Tennessee. Good follow for anybody listening to this going into basketball season. But he tweeted how funny it was. Watch the Kentucky coaches wanting that guy who got injured to, like, drag his corpse off the field even though he was injured. <laughs> like, it, it's the biggest stroke of karma I've ever seen because it's – even if it was fake or, or, or not, like, it was just so great to finally see it, you know, ice the game away. But, yeah. I, I definitely agree. Something has to change. All right, Ryan. Any other final thoughts before we get out of here? Another another big Tennessee win. Anything else you want to add? Um, I'm glad that Kentucky fans left early because we, we needed that coal power to power this podcast with our phones and laptops. Um, and let's rest up these starters, get them out in the second half for in this UConn game, and let's – Get to get this mini bye week and get ready to get back on the road and take on Missouri. Yeah, it's gonna be a long, long shift in the coal mines on Monday. That's, <laughs> I'm back, boys. It's gonna be a sad one. Awesome. Well, just in time. NVF. Anything you want to say before we get out and out of here? No, you know I said it earlier. Um, the season's up for grabs. I mean, we could have a really good ending to a season. Uh, we can get to a really good bowl game if we just keep our heads in the right place. Uh, go take care of UConn. Focus up. It's going to be a tough game at Missouri, but very winnable. Um, but this team, man, they got, their, their destiny is in their hands, as I, you know, a lot of people would say it. But, uh, nah, man, uh, great win. I love to beat Kentucky at Kentucky. It's nothing better. Uh, but, no, that's it for me. Much. All right. Well, that was the Kentucky recap episode. Uh, We will be back later this week for the UConn preview. It's going to be a real barn burner. We're excited for that game. Um, Ryan and I will be there. So we look forward to it. Oh, awesome. I didn't know. I didn't think you were going to that one. No, we decided to go. I, yeah, you can't. So you good. can't. First of all, you can't. You can't talk me out of going to a game. Uh, but well, my wife wants to go, so I mean, I'm not gonna complain if you know what I mean. Hell yeah! So the whole 1796 conglomerate will be there, and we're looking. We'll, we'll you know, it'll be cool. We'll, we'll we'll have to do something. So stay tuned for that. But anyway. 
Peace out. Vols win again. Go Vols. See you all later. Go Vols, baby.